Okay, so today's daf we learned daf nun bet, and we were discussing tofer korea. We started thinking of those malachas and oreg. So the Gemara now mentions a point. It says, Now, Chibur, we're talking about the laws of Tumantara. So meaning you might have two different items. If they're considered Chibur, meaning connected to one another, halachically for the laws of Tumantara, if, say, Tuma touches one, it's if it's touching the other. Okay? So it's considered like one thing, if you like. So here what it's saying is, if you've so you've, you've threaded a needle, even if you've tied it such that it's, the needle cannot come off, it's still not considered a chibur. It's still considered two different things. Okay, the laws of inyan tuma and tara. Okay, um, then it continues. Tafrula beg. What if you're sewing it up? You're sewing up the beged. So now it's like the the thread is mamash connected to the garment you're sewing and the needles there as well. Still, we say achud. We say um, the the chud is a chibur la beged. Clearly, the sewing thread is considered part of the beged now. However, eno chibur la machad. It's not connected to the machad itself. Now, why is that? Well, simply the Korbaneda says, Damrinan, uh, no, sorry, not the Korbaneda, so Reb Chaim here explains, that since you're going to remove it, it says, Since at the end of the day, you're not going to leave it attached there. From the outset, you're always going to remove the needle uh, from the Minachut to Minabega, therefore it's not connected. Okay? That's why it's not considered one. Now, Rebion, Rebion, mikan. Now, what's a kashur mikan and mikan? Now, here, the Korbanator says, this statement is going as follows. That which we said, that if you sew in and out again, that's considered one stitch, halacha for Shabbos. That's when you tie it together, tie the threads. So it can't come out. So, you know, that's harezuchibur. You tie the two ends together, and therefore it can't come out. That's, one, that's the malacha of stitching according to Rabbi Yonah Rabbi Yossi. However, the words of Rachachamim argue on this point, meaning it doesn't seem to require you to tie it to be considered stitched, or to be the malachar of uh, Tofer. So the um, so so if someone has loose stitching in their garment and they pull it to tighten it and bring it closer together, you're chay mishum Tofer. Now, presumably here, the ends are not tied. It's loose. And we're simply saying that already just pulling the threads to draw it together, even if they're dangling, that will be tofer. So, and if you're saying, according to Rabbi Yonah Yossi, it's only considered tofer if it's secured with a knot, then it should say, Neymar mishum tofer, mishum kosher. That when you're drawing it together, you're chai mishum tofer and mishum kosher, because the only way you're chai mishum tofer is if you tied it. So mashma that you don't have to, that when it goes in and out, that's considered a tefira, that's considered a malach on Shabbos, even if you didn't secure it with knots, okay? Because clearly when you're just drawing, like pulling a thread to, to bring a garment together, that's already tofer, even without having it fastened. Okay, next. Kriyat beganim v'chituch be'orot. So what's interesting here, we've got malachot. We talked about korea and chituch. That was uh, malachot we mentioned in the Mishnah, right? So... Well, we've come, come a long way since many dafim ago. We said Korea Amalat Litfor, that was Korea, that was Alamanet Lotfeit Fruit, and we also said um, uh, Those are two Malachot separate on Shabbos. So the question is, what's the difference between these two different Malachot? If you recall, by the way, this is all back to Memdalad. So quite a while ago, we've been discussing these Malachas. Um, 
So the Gemara says, what's the difference between the two? So Kriya is respect to begadim with clothing. That's what they would do. They would tear clothing. And Chituch was generally done by Orot. Because when they're trimming, the, the they, they have used scissors and the like to trim it away at the hides. Kriya, now here, what's interesting here, Reb Chaim says you should take out, he, he quotes the, um, where is it? I can't remember. He, he says, he quotes the uh, Biro Halakha, actually. Um, that you actually should take out the word begadim and orot here because kriya, the nature of kriya is something usually beemtza, so it doesn't have to specifically be begadim, but kriya's nature of it is beemtza and chituch is generally binatzad. Because chituch, the malach cutting, is when you trim at the edges, if you're dealing with a hide, it's to take off all the, to make it a nice smooth edge. And kriya, as we said, what they'd usually do is we're talking about clothing, it might tear it in the center to like to bring it in, to do alterations and things like that. Okay. However, in the machalfi, some people switch it around. That it's kriya beorot and chituch is bebegadim. Remember the way we said in the beginning was kriya bebegadim. So kriya beorot, when we have kriya tearing beorot, that's be'ili derechichim. That's referring to those um, hides that are very, very soft that could be pulled apart by hand. V'chituch bebegadim, when do we talk about um, cutting when it comes to garments? That's be'ili levadiyah. That's talking about, uh, felt, it sounds like sort of felt garments that are actually very, very hard. And you can't simply tear it apart. You'd have to cut it with scissors. Okay, fine. That's trying to look at the differences between the two to Next. So someone hunts a chilazon. We know the chilazon was the, the creature in which from which they would extract the dyes to make a tchelet. One hunts it and then cracks it open to take the, extract the blood that was used to make the dye, this tchelet. Some people say yachayv two malachot, some people say yachayv one. So manda amar shtayim, echat mishum tzad vacham mishum netilat neshama. One is, in other words, the opinion says there's two malachot, that's one is you've hunted it, you've caught it, and the other one, that's trapping, it's malachot tzad, and the other one is basically you've killed it in order to extract the blood. Well, manda amar, achat, haidihi, the shit that says you only chayv one, which one is it? The answer is mishum netilat neshama. It's got to do with you've killed it, like shochet, so a derivative of that, but not Mishum Tzeda. Now, why are you not Chayim Mishum Tzeda? Interesting, I'll read Rav Chaim, because it's kind of an important one. He says, That anything that you're pulling it out of its life source is not Tzeda. Okay? We said, what would that be? If you recall before, we said, if you took a fish out of water, that would be Kotzer, not Tzad. Okay? So the Be'efsha high tana palik is possible that this tana's cholek on that idea. Okay, fine. Be'yesh ma'parshim, we've got a different parish here. She'chelazun matzui he'harim she'besvat ha'yam, she'yam poltam v'endarkan v'tzeda. What would happen? They'd find the chilazon. The chilazon seems to be some sort of sea creature. And that would be washed to the shore some every so often. Again, once in seven years, there's different things other gemaras related to that. And then they would collect them from the shore. Hilkach, and that therefore doesn't it's not need doesn't need hunting, it's just there to pick up. Hilkach nami lo which is interesting. He says, and therefore, even if you then go and extract this uh, creature from the, the from the ocean itself, you would also not chayev because since it's not considered sad when it's washed on the shore, it's not considered even in the ocean, which is quite a chidosh. And this relates to, by the way, the whole and this might be a way of answering the whole kasha, because nowadays it's, people say people say that they've identified this. I call it a snail-like creature as being the source of tchelet. And one of the kashas, if it's a tzad, tzad doesn't apply to it. Look, you can just pick it off of the ground. 
So it sounds like here that this seems to, this might be a perish, no, like explanation regarding, like to answer that. Yes, in certain contexts, if it's on the ground, yes, it's easy to pick up, but the ocean, you have to, you'd have to hunt it. So therefore, that still doesn't apply. Okay. Um, we might relate to that. There's also another parish here, he says, but I'll, that I'm not going to get too, I'll get too excited and sidetracked by the discussion of Tchelet, so let's just stop here. Okay. Um, here. Next question. The Atya, it comes, Gehada Amar Rebalaza Brebiosi. So what's his Atya? It says, Ari Rochaim, Lahach man da Amar She'ein Bechilazo Mutum Tzayda, Ki Imken Ma Tzayda Yam Bemishkan. So if there was no Chilazon, I mean, catching the Chilazon wasn't Tzayda, now the question is, what then was the tzeda in the in the in the, in the, the building of the mishkan? Okay, what did they need to trap? So, and if you want to say the imishum elim, you're talking about rams. Once again, ha'elim la mechusarim tzeda. They're domesticated. We don't say if you take a ram from your your feet, from your uh, pen, if you like, and and take it to shechta. You didn't do tzad. You didn't hunt it because it's mechusar. It's mechusar tzeda. They're there, ready for the taking. They're, they're, it's not, you don't have to go and trap them. And therefore, it seems to be that this, this shit that says tzad doesn't apply to chilazon seems to be like this opinion. We'll see in a moment. That said, that what was therefore the creature that required hunting? It was this tachash, this behema tahora that Kadosh Baruch Hu created. For that purpose. Okay? Meaning, the Tachash, when the Mishkan was a Mimba Torah, the Kroshbarch created, Rimrochaim, and it was like, it was wild, if you like, it grew up in the Midar. Hilkach, therefore, it's for that we have Shayach Tzeda. Okay? In other words, because if you want to say that, um, that, uh, like, you know, there's, that the shitter that says it was this creature that was created, now we've got somewhere where the Malachar of Tzeda applies. But if it was Tzeda applied to the Chilazon, then you don't even need this, uh, that you, do, you don't need, uh, you don't need to come on this Tachash, which is Min Tahar, the created by Kodesh Baruch, when Tzad applied to that. It could be another one of the other perishim. So that's why the two shitters align. Now you can say, once again, where did, you know, anyway, where are they going to trap Chilazon? But it relates to what we said before. Said before that it's not really it doesn't really matter if in the midbar they really planted and plowed like the Pnei Yeshua said. It doesn't really matter if there, there was an ocean there from the Chilazon for all. It's just these are malacha that were necessity to create these things, and therefore they're listed as or it would be necessary in the construction or the processes in the construction of the Mishkan, therefore they're listed. Okay. Rabba Avon Amar, so what was this? So this these are the Shitov. Rabba Avon Amar Keresh Hayashma, that's the name of this uh creature, this um, as, uh, and uh, this, uh, as we said, the um, the tachash. Sorry, and Rav Abu Namar Keresh Hayashma, as he says, Tanur Yeshua Dechad Keren. It actually had a single horn, like a unicorn, if you like. But as it says, Viteti Lashem Mishor Par Makrinu Mafris. It pleases the Gadol Shparuch with the pasuk and Tehillim more than this Mishor Par. That's Makrin, which sounds like it has horns and Mafris and has hooves. Right or behooved, right? But however, when you the way it's written in the Torah is mekeren. Sounds like it had one horn, and therefore he understands that what's this pleasing shore power that had one horn? It must be referring to the tachash. That's understanding. Okay. Next, hashochtov. Next, malachu is shochet, slaughtering. So Reb Shimon ben Lakish Amar late kan shchita. Shchita wasn't actually one of the abmalachas in the Mishkan because it's actually shchita is a tolda the chabura. The actual malacha is chabura, meaning the av is causing an injury, 
and the, the tolada is actually shechita. Now, why is that? Because when they made the hides, they didn't actually have to do a kosher shechita. They could have just uh, used a chabura and killed it and got, and got the hides. So therefore, the, it, so the question is then, why then our Mishnah talks about shechita as presenting that as al? This is exactly the same as the question we had before, where the malacha was bishul, sorry, uh, yes, bishul, but yet we made, we listed afia as the one of the 39 malachot in the Mishnah. So Gemara says, mm-hmm. So Ella begin to tanina and the seder al seuda tanita imahun. Just like before we had sidura dapat, that we we're looking at the flow of how to produce bread, as, as I explained, like the Ran said, a more common activity than producing dyes. So therefore, what the Mishnah was talking about was the seuda. And it's more common shrita than chabura in preparing a meal. Okay, fine. Hama'abdo is tanning. Now the question is, ma'ibud hayab mishkan. Now the qu- reason why that's a question is because we've already mentioned molcho, which is salting it. So what the question that the Gemara is really presenting is, why do I need to say molcho and ma'abdo? What's the what's the extra thing ma'abdo that's not satisfying molcho? And molcho is when they used to, again, when they removed the hide, they would salt it down as part of the treatment, which was effective ma'abdo, which is effectively tanning it. So what then is the malacha? So then we're saying, actually take that out, and rather shumasar tatin ba'orot. It's rather scoring. So ma'u masarta tinlahun, that's masargalin lahun. So sirto effectively, which is what's masarta, that's masargalin with which they would score. So in other words, when they got the hides after it's been treated, they would sort of score them to know where to cut. That's like drawing their line, if you like, to so they can cut it uh, straight. So that masartatin, that's a malacha that we have to sort of insert and when you take out the um ma'abdo. Or you mafarish ma'abdo as meaning masartatin. Okay, let's continue. Now, what's this got to do with anything? It actually goes back to what we were saying before. And uh, if there's different ways, I'm hesitating here because there's different ways to explain this. But Moshe Korbanel explained it differently. And I think, I think Reb Chaim is explaining it like the Moshe, meaning that we talked about in our Mishnah, I'll, read, I'll just read the beginning of the Pnei Moshe. The fact that Sad is referring to a kosher animal and not Sad Chaya, like a wild animal, we learn everything in the Mishkan. And therefore, So the example in the Mishnah of Min, that you brought a Min Behema to Horah, Meaning it's Svi, Tzad Svi, and not just hunting any animal. It's to teach us that all the animals that we use in the Mishkan were actually kosher animals, and this Tachash wasn't a non kosher animal. Okay? And I'll read you Reb Chaim now to see how this fits in. Now, what's that got to do Mutar Lasot Ohalim or Behemat That is because Perush, Tumat Ohalim. So, what's Tumat Ohalim? Now, if you've got a corpse, um, which is a source, a human corpse, which is a source of tumor in an ohel, meaning if it's inside a room, everything in that room, I mean, if it's under the same covering, becomes tummy. Now, if you've got an ohel that's acting as a covering, the question is, does that ohel also become tummy or not? That's what's called tumat ohelim. So when it comes to, and we, we saw this back in, in Bama Madlikin, if you recall, you know, okay, so what we're saying is that if it's an or from a behemat me'ah, so it's like a, a hide from a horse or something, then it, and it would act, that act as our tent covering, it would not become tamer. Ella, it's only from bohobet or a hide that comes from, le- or leather that comes from a behemat tehora, for example, a cow. Why? Because we learn it from mishkan, 
because it says visa ala ohel that they did have to be aza on on the ohel itself on itself ketiv parshal chokat ubelechad amishkan it says vifros etha ohel so you got a gzera shava from metaring oil that was tamemet to the mishkan itself ma oil shava mishkan or behmatehora just like the mishkan all the hides came from kosher animals avolin and tuma so too when it comes to the lords of dinei tuma eno elam or behmatehora the only Coverings that themselves become tametuma ohelim are those that come from a kosher animal. Ah, so therefore that may only make sense if you say this tachash was a min behemat Okay, so this shita that says mutalasot oalim obemat mea, which to mafarish that means that it doesn't become metamatumat ohalim, must be according to understanding this tach itself was actually a kosher animal. Okay, that's how it works together. Next, I'm a machko. Now the question is, ma mechika tabe mishkan? What's this mechika? What's this, uh, uh, as we said, smoothing off? So ziir bar chinen da b'shem rav chinen says shafin et or al gabe amur. What they do? They get the skin after the hide of this animal, and they would rub it against a pole. And therefore, it would smooth it off. Okay? So, therefore, the Gemara says, Hashaf etaor So, if someone did that, well, that's the malacha. Okay, that's to smooth off the hide itself. So, Mishumahu Chayev. So, Rabbi Yosef B'Shem Rabbi Yehuda Ben Levi said that Rabbi, and Rabbacha B'Shem Rabbi Yehuda Ben Levi says, Mishum Mochek. That's a malacha mochek. So you get some leather, you smooth it off by rubbing against the pole. That's exactly a malacha mochek. Oh, mamachek. Hada da'at amar bechadash. That's only if you're talking about a new one, meaning uh, just or chadash, meaning the uh, hide that's been taken off, that requires that smoothing off because it had these fine hairs and things on it. Aval biyashan, if it's thinking with an old one, then it's machloket. Why is it machloket? Whether these things I've just rattled off very quickly is a malacha or whether it is isudarabanan. Let's go through them. So the what are they? Mechadim marabets is like like sweeping in a house or putting water down to settle the the dust. Megamin and mechabets, these are different way, ways of making like cheese. Um, uh, what's mechabets is when they mamid, uh, sorry, yeah, megaben is when they make mechalab, that's what when you're sort of producing cheese, and mechabets is when you put the chalab inside the cava, right, in the stomach of a cow in order to make cheese. Same, same idea. And the other ones were hacholev is milking harodechalat vash, or you take, take down some honeycomb from the, from the beehive. These, according to now, what's the Havamina here? The Havamina is that the reason why that Yochayev um, for sweeping in the house is, because you're smoothing over the ground in the house, and that's why we're saying if you're taking a pre-existing hide that's already been smoothed and you're doing it further, not, a, I mean, it's an old one, you're trying to smooth it out further, that's why it's machloket. Because that extra level of smoothing is comparable, he's saying, to the case of you sweeping your floor, which is a, a re-smoothing, if you like, of the floor, and you say it's a machloket in as in chachamim. But the Gemara says, no, you've got it wrong. V'lo pligin. 
The issue with sweeping and again putting water on the ground that's not got to do with smoothing. That's chaimishum choresh. I know it says dashia, but the Reb Chaim says she say choresh. That's fixing the ground. Okay. Hamagaben, and I sort of mentioned this. Uh, well, it seems to be clear in Yushalmi that's choresh. Doesn't make a difference if it's inside or outside the house. I think the Baldis is different that it's if it's inside it's born or outside it's choresh. But I'll put that aside for the moment. Hamagaben and chabet is mushum lash. If you're producing cheese, it's part of the malacha of lash. Hachole varode chalat vash. If you're if you're milking or you're uh, taking the honeycomb away. That's Mishum Kotzer. That is har- harvesting. Now, this is a li- living creature. What do you mean, Kotzer? It says, not, Despite the fact both these things aren't growing from the ground. Milk doesn't grow from the ground. It's produced by the cow. And this uh, honeycomb is not growing from the ground. Who's fairly um, Rishalmi? To yesh Kotzer eno That we've seen already this a few times. The ones again, Yoshami said, when it comes to Kotzer, it's not just things that grow from the ground. Like we said before, even taking a fish from the from the river, that itself would also be kotzer. Okay, it's a much again the Rishon is much broader understanding of what kotzer is. Next, hasochat zaitim abihen chaimishum kotzer. If you start squeezing out a zait from abihen from where it's growing, we say this chaimishum kotzer. So leminitzrecha, who's this required? Who's this according to? That's Rebbe Yezer. Meaning, because Rebbe Yezer says he'd be chaimishum kotzer in the case of as he says cholevarod. Okay, let me need to come in who says it's chayev. Okay, so therefore, uh, what's interesting, I read Reb Chaim says the sphere the cholev chayim shum kotzer the day socket zaitim nami yesh bobi shum kotzer. Now me behem, it sounds like here it doesn't actually have to be. They're still attached, even if it's detached. Just be squeezing it out. You're taking something from where it was its natural source. It sounds like kodrav liyazir the chayim shum kotzer as well, just like milking from a cow, as opposed to schita, which is so the chayim also mishum. Um, also, also, Mishum Kotzer. Okay, that's what it sounds like. I have to double check that, but um, let's continue. Where are we next? Reb Chia B'Shem Reb Yochanan Hagored Roshay Kulunsod. If someone starts uh, scraping away at the tops of beams, either to level them out or sharpen them, that's mechatech, that's cutting. Hamemareach ta isplinit. Isplinit we said is like a, a salve or some sort of um, plaster patch of some sort. That's also if you're smoothing it off. That's also also Chaim Mishum Emachet. That's the Malcha of smoothing. Now, so machak otechad gedola v'yesh b'mukom kadesh deliochdiot. Next is the next malacha of not memachik but mochek. That's actually erasing. If you erase one letter, but it has place, it's a large letter such you could write two letters. Then you're chayev because we said that the malacha of erasing is almanat lichtov shteotiot. So even if you might be erasing only one letter, if there's enough room in, in its place to write two letters, that would still be the malacha. However, katav otechagdola, if you write one big letter, even though you've taken up the space of two letters, you'd still be patur, because the malach of writing is specifically writing two letters, and you just happen to have written a big single letter. So that's one difference between the two. However, we find where it seems to be mochik is momachmir. Here, however, we see that kotev is more machmir than mochik in the following case. As Ramana bar Yossi, uh, Yossi Amar, zechomer, now we changed quite a few words according to Reb Chaim here, so I'll just read it. Zechomer bekotev mi bemochek. So here we find where kotev is actually more chamer mochek. Why? Shehakotev, changing the word again, amanat lekalkel is chayev. If someone writes some letters on a document and it's destructive to the document for you writing on it, you know, important documents, a kid comes and writes on it, that type of thing. Like, you write on it, nonetheless, yechayev, you've written shteotiot, doesn't matter. That's a malacha. The hamochek al manat le kalkel. If someone's simply just erasing haphazardly, 
not letaken, then you'd be pato. So therefore, you see, clearly see here that in this case, the kotiv is mumachmir than mocha, because mocha is only a malacha if it's if it's constructive. Okay. Yeshu kotev nukudaychat milamala v'chayev alav mishum kotev v'mushum mocha. You can have a, a person who can write, who can just write one little dot, and chayev mishum both writing and erasing. And yeshu the yeshu mochek nukudaychat. You can have a person who rubs out one little dot. And milamala from above, the chayv alav mishum kotev and chayv mishum writing, even though he's erasing, and also mishum mochek. So echavida haso. For example, what's this dot we're referring to? We're talking about the dot that differentiates between the letter dalid and resh. Should hayad dalid vaso resh? If you mochek the edge of the dalid to turn into resh, or there's a resh and you put a little dot at the end of it to turn it into a dalid, you can be chayv mishum kotev mishum mochek. Now you might ask for one second. I'll read it straight from Achaim. But one second, we said before, the Achaim is Shukotimamochik, if you write two letters or you erase a, le- a room to write two letters. Here we're doing a single dot. How can be Shaim Shukotimamochik? It says, Here is not when you're writing a Sefer Torah, when you're correcting a Sefer Torah. There was a mistake in this Sefer Torah. The Dalit was a ratio, the ratio was, it should have been a Dalit. That it's also for you to keep a Sefer Torah in your house, that's puzzle. And therefore, by you doing this one little tikkun, it's like you write in the last letter in the Sefer Torah and completing it. Now remember Gemara, because Gemara says in Bavli, by doing that, you'll be chayim mishum kotev, despite the fact it wasn't two letters. By completing the Sefer Torah, you'll be chayim. The cave and the yesh can be shum. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't be mistaken clear? Why wouldn't it be? Uh, uh, Not sure. It might be makapatish as well. I don't know. But it's the Bavli says it's actually mishum kotev. Just that 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 tikkun of the letter is considered kotev. It, it it really doesn't make a difference. It's all one avera. I mean, in this case, it's all one avera. Meaning? Because you get the same, it's not and you do it all at the same time. So it's one avera, no? Oh, but, uh, but what what we're saying here, if someone did a beshogeg, right? And if it's yeah. Kotev and Mochek, and it's two different Avot Malachot, this is the whole point. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but, but you talk about Azhore and Azhara needs to be on the same thing. Otherwise, Correct. it's... Yeah, but that's otherwise. if you're going to kill it. That's if you're going to kill it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But for, yeah. For, for, fine. It says, Kotev, And because here, this is the Chidush now, because by doing that one little Tikkun, if you wrote that little, that fixed that one letter, that's considered... Already finishing a sefer and you behind from kotev. That's almost like the exception of the malach of kotev. Yesh kan gamishum mochek. Therefore, that would be considered the same shir significant for mochek as well. And it's as if, therefore, you're wiping out one large letter that's enough to write two. Because since that's a shir good enough for kotev, it's a, the mechik is a shir good enough for mochek for mochek as well. That's why you make tak in this dalad by. So, Mataka and the Reish by cutting off a bit of the Dalad, Yechai Mishum Kotev Amishum Mochek. Even though you haven't actually added ink, you've just been removing it, which is a fascinating case. Okay. Now, Ma Binyan Abba Mikdash, what was the construction of the base of Mikdash? So, answer is, Shemnot Nim Krashim Al Gabi Adanim. That's when they put the, the, the big uh, vertical beams in the sockets to construct the walls. Uh, with the Gemara, it's for little Shaita, but one thing, it wasn't a temporary structure. Because when they set it up, there was it was set up permanently until a Kodesh Baruch. You know they couldn't choose to dismantle it. It was by Dibur Hakadosh Baruch Therefore, it's as if it was like a permanent structure. However, once again, we have saying Kashu. We said yesterday, Amar Rabbi Yosef Barbon, and the Kaman Shiftichan Hakadosh Baruch Hu Shuchmak Nisim La Aretz Kemishu Lalam. But one second, Kemishu Lalam? Question mark. 
But one second, since the Kodesh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to take to Eretz Yisrael, therefore it wasn't the Olam. So I can say it's permanent. So Hada Amra Binyan Ashar Binyan. So therefore we learn from here, not like we said before. Here we're saying, ah, you see the proof from here, therefore, that even a temporary structure, you bin, your Binyan Ashar, is considered Malachar Binyan. And Hada Amra, we say, Afilu Minatsad. Now, what does it mean, Afilu Minatsad? Uh, it means even with some sort of shinoi, I'll just put it that way, even if it was a non a not normal building, because here, the way they built a Mishkan is not the way someone would normally build a house, by putting vertical beams one next to the other and sockets and things like that. So he says, So therefore, you can say that binyan is even if you put it on top of something else, you're not constru- doing construction on the floor. And So you can see here, because they were in these adanimate sockets, and you're putting these pole, the, these big uh, beams into sockets, you see that's even considered binyan, if you're learning from the Mishkan. So we say, no, that's not binyan bekelim, because why adanim kakarakan? Because the adanim themselves, they were like karaka. Because adanim were holes, and the sockets actually went down and reached the ground, it's not considered as if you're doing binyan al-gabe kelim, it's still considered if you're doing binyan al-gabe karaka, so you can't bring a proof that binyan al-gabe kelim is considered binyan. Next. Tanya. So if someone just places a stone, and the stone itself, on its own, according to the first opinion, is not an act of binyan. Because it's only binyan once it's been cemented. So therefore, the person who cements it in, he's chayv for mishum bone. Rabbi Yossi says, no, they're both chayv. Because he says, even placing the stone down is an act of binyan, even if it's not cemented. So, sabra Rabbi Yossi, because even belotit is binyan. Now, Shahu chayat, meaning if someone that, that if the person put the cement down first, and then the next person number two puts the stone, everyone agrees that he alone will be the one that's chayat. Now, Habanai What if the Abanai, the, the builder, he now comes and aligns the Evan on the top of the wall, it just aligns it in place. And that's it, he'd be chayat. The question is, who's that required? That's going to shit Why? Rabbi Yossi says, even in place on the ground, he'd be chayat. The Rabbanan who says it's only once it's cemented in place when it's on the ground is considered binyan. For that, we needed to know that if, it's, if you're placing on the Rosh Adimus, even if you just place it there, that's an act of binyan, that he'd be over in the Malacha, even a Kohen Chachamim. Vayim da'avan dapin, vayim da'avad safyan, chaymishum bone. Meaning, Reb Chaim Zestro said, dapin magabay korot. Lachzikat korot. Someone puts these things to support the beams. Osha asata sifaya bait. Now, there's these are all type of uh, wood construction sort of support things. They are all considered chay mishum bone. Okay, next. Hasotar is destruction. So, so Gemara says, the Torah has to be a constructive. The classic example, I have a wall, I want to put in a window, and I smash out the parts of the brick work there. That would be a constructive sotar. So Rav Chama Bar, Bar Ukva says, B'Shem Rav Hagodel Kli Tzura Chay Mishum Bone. So if someone, Rav Chaim says, Hagodel Kli Tzura, this is hakolea kli, sort of sort of plaiting or manufacturing a kli, and osel betzura and making some sort of form. That seems to be a bone. So, in other words, again, this is shit of that there's binyan bekelim. Rav Ila b'shem Rav Shimon melakish hanofer kli zchuchik chay mishum bone. Even if someone does glass blowing, he'll be chay mishum bone. Okay, again, because there's binyan bekelim, even in utensils. So Rabbanan dekisrim b'shem Rav Shimon melakish says yesh tovim krovim v'rochokim v'yesh tovim v'rochokim v'krovim. What does that mean? We'll see now. Hagodel kli tsura bonofeach kli zchuchit vosekli kli defus kula mishum bone. We see certain things that seem to be so rachok from the av 
meaning glass blowing seems to be so very remote from the art of building a mishkan or building a house. Nonetheless, it's part of the same art. So that's what it means. You have certain things that are appear a chokim, but that are really a krovim. But look, look at the opposite. You've got borer meshamer or maraked. If you've got these malachas, they're all got to do kulim mishum mavir psolet. All these three malachas that have got to do with um, removing waste products, but nonetheless, in other words, they logically they seem to be much closer to one another. But nonetheless, they each chayev, they each independently chayev, they each got their malacha. Let's just finish it now. Now, the, the Malach of Moshe does as follows. We'll learn this much later on. We know that the issue of carrying, we've discussed carrying Shtiach, the Rabbim, carrying Rabbim. What if the, the classic case is if you've got, say, two balconies on the same side of the street, Obrushes Rabbim, and you pass something from one balcony to the other. If you pass it from one to the other, Chayev and Shabbos, if you throw it from Rishus Yachi to the other, now, why is that? Because the Malach of Moshit, meaning passing it from one to the other, was done in the Mishkan, and that is when they would um, pass the beams from one wagon to the next. That's Moshit. Okay? So the question is, why isn't Hoshatam mentioned in our Mishnah? So because it's a makloket, because Rabbi Kiva, uh, because Rabbi Kiva maintains that even if someone threw from one balcony to the next, he'd be high. Therefore, because of Machloket, Rabbi Kiva and Chachamim, as we said, we don't mention Machloket in our Mishnah. However, Chizkia said, Rabbi Yonah ben Levi, the Rabbi Shul ben Levi, B'Shem Rabbi, Rabbi says, Yetar Aleim Hoshata. He would, meaning, he would also include Hoshata in the list of Malachot. However, Balama lo Taninta Imahun. So why wasn't it then listed in our Mishnah? And it gives a different reason. It says, because it says, Kol HaMalachot Be'echat V'Zubishtayim. Because all the malachot we've been discussing in our Mishnah can, are all malachot that can be completed by one person. Sewing, carrying, you know, shchita. However, hoshatab, by its definition, is I'm passing from me to another person on the other wagon or other balcony. And for, so that's why that doesn't, we're talking, in our, when our Mishnah is discussing the 30 malachot, we're talking about those can be performed by a single person. Hoshatab, therefore, is not included. And call Malachishlam Tolado also all the Malacha Lishna Mishnah all have derivatives, all have Toladot. But however, Vazul Enla Tolada, Hoshata, who he lists as being its own independent of Malacha, there aren't any derivatives from it. It's just might be a different setting, but it's still the action is identical. Meaning I'm simply passing from Rosh Yachid to another Yachid over Shusarabim. That's it. And because of no Toladot, that's why um, it wasn't listed in our Mishnah as well. Okay, Mr. Shem will pick up from the next Mishnah next year. Have a good shot.